most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Back. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Super Bowl Fifty Six Fantasy Flex Podcast, presented by Prize Picks. On this episode, we will go over the DFS showdown slate for Rams Bengals. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude Sean Kerner. Sean, we're both out here in LA. Super Bowl week. This is this is it. This is it. And you know, I already have like 10 to 15 props locked up. So, like I said on the favorites, I'm just at this point, I'm ready for the game to start. I can't wait. Uh, we're still what five to six days away. Uh, but yeah, super excited for the Super Bowl. Yeah, let's uh so let's hop right into this DFS slate. Um, the one thing we really haven't talked about mm-hmm. on any of our pods yet. Obviously, if you want to hear more on props, listen to the Action Network Propapalooza podcast on, on the Action Network channel, uh, or you can listen to the Favorites uh, podcast as well. Uh, we have a props episode with Simon Hunter and Chad Millman, uh, and Stuck and I will break down the, the game from a, a betting perspective on our usual uh, Action Network NFL podcast, uh, which should be out uh, early Thursday morning. But let's get into this DFS late. Uh, we'll kind of go position by position and then talk some kind of lineup strategy or stacking uh, and, and things like that. But we have Stafford. Joe Burrow, Stafford's two hundred dollars more on DK. As far as the quarterbacks, which one do you think is the better uh, value? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're priced appropriately. I have Stafford, um, you know, for one more projected point over Joe Burrow. So I think you know Stafford's probably the better play. I also think people are underestimating the chances of the Rams having a trailing game script. Um, as you know, you know the Rams are minus four, minus four and a half. I love the Bengals here. I'm only projecting them closer to like minus two and a half, minus three. So uh, I think Stafford could get into a negative game script and, you know, have a big game here. So I think you can't go wrong with either quarterback at, you know, 10.8 K or 10.6 K. Um, th- these guys seem like, you know, no brainer plays for a lineup, but you're probably not going to win a GPP just by, you know, playing Stafford and Cooper cup. Um, so it's it's going to be the rest of your lineup where I think, it, you know, you're going to differentiate yourself. But, you know, both quarterbacks are excellent plays here. We'll get to it. But both running games are kind of struggling. So I think each team is going to have to rely on their quarterback here. Yeah, Stafford comes out a tiny bit better in terms mm-hmm. of value in our uh, fantasy labs, pro models. And uh, I think that's the way to go. Um, but it's it's so equal that you're going to have to, you know, if you're building more than one lineup, you're you're just, you're just going to have to play both of these guys um, yeah. because, you know, they're the quarterbacks. It's, it's the one game slate. Um, I think Burrow has, you know, we've seen the massive ceiling. Now, the one thing about this is the Rams are zone heavy and Burrow's in, in this passing offense. They're great against zone. They're still one of the better teams in the league uh, against zone coverage, but they're the absolute best against man coverage teams. So this may not be like a 440 yard, you know, ceiling or whatever Burroughs. I think he had a, what do you have a 500 yard game? This might yeah. not be that kind of ceiling for him, Yeah, but he's still projected. Yeah. Within a point of Stafford. Are you boosting Stafford's rushing or receiving touchdown odds <laughs> after our 
uh, favorites recording with uh, Simon Hunter? Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to get wait till we got to the, oh, the receivers, okay, but no, no, we can, we might as well just talk about it here. So yeah. uh, our boy, Simon Hunter uh, mentioned that, uh, you know, in the Rams practices, he had somebody tell him that, you know, since they acquired Beckham, they've been practicing kind of their version of the Philly special play with Beckham, you know, throwing it to Stafford. And so I think that's a really interesting, you know, kind of from a stacking perspective, obviously people were going to stack those two anyway, but yeah that kind of lends some credence to maybe putting Stafford in some of the, the captain spots, because you could get, you might get a, a receiving touchdown and you could always get a quarterback sneak, you know, something mm-hmm. else like that for six. So in a one game slate, I, I think that was interesting because usually you're not putting a quarterback unless it's like a Kyler Murray, a running quarterback, you're usually not putting them in the captain spot uh, on a one game slate. You're putting one of the receivers and, and doing it that way. So I think that's interesting and, and would probably put Stafford in a couple uh, yeah. of lineups. All right, let's go to running back. And Cam Akers, to me, sticks out as a clear value. 6,400 on DraftKings. Mixon's 96. You have Michelle uh, at 5K. P. Ryan uh, at 2.4K. Daryl Henderson, who could be activated at at 1.6. And then Chris Evans uh, at 500. So uh, what do you think of the kind of the running back value on the board here? Yeah, so Mixon should be the top back. I have him. Two and a half points higher than Cam Akers, but 9,600 is a bit too rich. That's way too expensive for a game where, like I said, I, I don't know if he's going to be effective running the ball. He could, you know, catch four or five balls here, and that, that will go a long way. But I think, like you said, Cam Akers at 6,400 is the clear value play. Um, Sony Michelle could mix in. He mixed in, um, you know, for the NFC Championship game because Akers got hurt. Um, so I think Akers should be good to go here. He's the clear value play. I think the only reason you would take a guy like Michelle or Pirine is due to, you know, the chances of an in-game injury. You know, we're not going to root for that, obviously, but Mixon or Akers could get banged up early in the game. And, you know, Michelle or Pirine could carry the load the rest of the way. That's the only way I think those guys really, you know, hit value. So it's worth taking a flyer for Michelle or Pirine, just if you're making 150 different lineups. Uh, but I think just the pure value play has to be Cam Akers here. Yeah, he's the third uh, best value in our nice. Fantasy Labs Pro yeah. models and uh, the top value at running back uh, at 6,400. Because if you look at the props around the market, uh, and it's similar to our projections, obviously, as well, is Cam Akers and Joe Mixon have a similar uh, rush attempt prop, 16 and a half. Uh, juice mm-hmm. is a little different on both, but that just shows you how different um, and how much value Acres has because Acres is just 6,400 and Mixon is 96, and they, they have a similar touch projection uh, for this game. Yeah, and we have to remember Cam Akers is miraculously coming back from his torn Achilles early in the offseason. So, you know, he's had a few games to sort of shake off the rust. So having this like bye week will only help. So his, you know, his projections in my model have only been going up the longer he's played. So um, we could get, you know, a 100% healthy Cam Akers. And he's he's shown, you know, he was good in college as a pass catching back. So he's shown that ability. He could easily, you know, get three to four catches here and, um, you know, have, have a similar projection to like a Joe Mixon type. Yeah, and especially if, uh, you know, Higby is not 100%. Yeah. You know, maybe they use Blanton as that that blocker. If they need mm-hmm. an extra pass blocker, they let Akers go out in a route. So, yeah, like Akers. Uh, I think the, yeah, the Hail Mary guy for me would probably be Chris Evans because you can, Stack him with the Bengals defense special teams. Maybe you get a kick return touchdown. He's had a couple of uh, have explosive plays and, and big 
you know, kind of plays on special teams. So, you know, if he breaks one, one game slate, uh, that yep. could be the cheat code. So he's, he's kind of the guy I've, I've talked about P Ryan on, you know, the props episode. And, and like, I, I just, I think they kind of used up the plays they had for him yeah. <laughs> uh, in that Kansas city game. So I'm not expecting to see much of him. Uh, and then, yeah, it, Michelle is just kind of, you know, if acres gets banged up again, obviously, but he's, he's a poor value just, yep. you know, from, from a numbers perspective. Uh, do we like any of those guys? You know, I mean, I guess both of them, you know, if whether you're playing Mixon or Akers, um, you know, you could stack them with one of the defenses too, you know, for that yeah. kind of game script. So that's always something to keep in mind. There's a correlation there between running back and defense. Uh, let's go to wide receiver. We got Cooper Cup uh, is the most expensive, obviously, uh, at 11.6K. Jamar Chase at 10.4. Odell Beckham at 8.4. And then T Higgins at 7.6. <laughs> that sticks out a lot because I know you love T Higgins. You, you like the over on his receiving prop. You like him for MVP as, as do I. Uh, so that really sticks out that Higgins is fourth, uh, the fourth <laughs> highest priced wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was uh, 5,400. I think it was T Higgins was stuck on yeah. 5,400 <laughs> from weeks four through 10. So I kept saying, I'm going to keep playing him. But you know, these salaries are adjusted for the one game slate, but that's essentially what 7,600 is here. Uh, he should be the third highest price. I know you mentioned Beckham could throw a touchdown here. Either way, Higgins is the top value play. Um, I've said it a bunch of times this week, but love T Higgins at 60 to one to win the MVP. Um, you know, Jamar Chase, I wouldn't say he struggled, but he's, you know, done a lot better against man coverages here. So against a team like the Rams that play, Heavy zone. This is a spot typically where T. Higgins eats. And you mentioned, you know, CJ Uzoma's going to be banged up if he does suit up. So he could be more of a decoy. That's going to boost T. Higgins, uh, you know, touchdown odds in my model. So just there's too much to like about T. Higgins here to pass him at, at 7,600. Still love him here. I think Cooper Cup, even at, you know, 11,600 uh, is worth it because he's, you know, seven full points above Jamar Chase in my model. So if anything, Jamar Chase uh, might be a fade. Uh, I hate to say it at, you know, 10.4K. I think he's going to be pretty popular, but this does seem like a T. Higgins spot. Yeah, Cooper Cup, number one value in our yeah. <laughs> uh, fantasy webs models uh, in the flex spot. Uh, not, uh, not in the captain spot. That, <laughs> it's funny, in the captain <laughs> spot, like no one's a value. They're all negative, but uh, in the flex spot, obviously. But I, I think, yeah, I think you play Cup in the captain spot as well uh, because he's that guy who... You know, even if Stafford doesn't have a big game, Cup can still have, you know, 100 plus yeah. yards. And Higgins as well. I mean, we saw Higgins get 40%, over 40% of Burrow's yardage in that championship game against the Chiefs. And uh, that's kind of why we like him for MVP. You know, if Chase and Burrow don't have a big game, but the Bengals still manage to win the game, uh, you hate, you're looking at Higgins and probably Joe Mixon as the two most likely guys. Yep. Uh, if, you, so- if you look at like week 12 against Pittsburgh, um, you know, they won 41-10. Burrow only threw for 190 with a touchdown, but Higgins had, um, you know, six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. I think he could have gotten MVP vote, but it probably would have been Mixon who had 165 yards, and two touchdowns, but there has been games this season where the Bengals have won and, you know, Burrow and Chase have struggled, but um, you know, Mixon and Higgins sort of carry the load. So that, that yeah. certainly could happen here. Yeah. So that's kind of a, another, and we could kind of get into that lineup construction. I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. one is there's going to be so many burrow chase stacks, you know, that that's kind of 
Cup and Cup and Stafford are actually our top two values in, in the model. So that's a great stack. Obviously, there'll be a ton of those, but I think, uh, but beyond Cup and Stafford, people are going to say, okay, Burrow and Chase, and that. Not, not that that's wrong. You know, that's been the highest upside stack of the year in yeah. fantasy. But again, this is a zone defense team. This is not a man team. So you wouldn't necessarily expect that. So uh, I think you get a lot of leverage by fading both of those guys in, in, a, in, a, in a good amount of lineups and just going with stacks of it's not a true stack, but kind of combination uh, of mix and Higgins as your two Bengals. You could potentially get all the Bengals touchdowns. Really, yeah, uh, no in that it, situation. So, yeah, exactly. It's all about leverage. Like. Is Burrow and Chase a great stack? Absolutely it is. But we're, we're trying to get leverage here. If you remember from the Pro Bowl, we were telling you, Pal, use check and the defenses, and look what happened. They all scored touchdowns. So it's it's all just, you know, about getting creative. Again, setting a lineup that sort of tells the story for the game. Each lineup should be correlated with itself. So, yeah, um, you know, I wouldn't fault you if you had Burrow, Chase stacks, but I think the, the way to kind of get an edge on the field is to sort of mix it up and, you know, Higgins and guys like that. Is certainly the way to do that. All right. So let's talk about these third receivers for each team. And we have yeah. spent some time on this, but I think it's important because first of all, they're both very affordable. You could fit both of them easily. Tyra Boyd at 5,400 and Van Jefferson at 5,200. Jefferson's been kind of fading. Boyd has been kind of fading, at least in the stat category, you know, numbers wise, he's had a ton of catches early in the game last week. I know you're on his over. I was too. Uh, unfortunately that was pretty much all he did. Um, so I guess, uh, first of all, just any thoughts on what exactly is happening with both of those guys, you know, Boyd and Jefferson, like, is it just kind of a, you look at it as more like randomness because both of them are on the field, like for over 90% of the, the dropback. Yeah. I mean, well, let's, let's break it down. Just that both players are like completely different. Uh, I consider yeah. Boyd more of a high floor player. But he really, you know, he's been hitting his floor every week uh, for the past four games, I think. So he's he's really hard to trust. Um, you know, there's a there's a chance he can get five catches for 50 yards here, maybe a touchdown. He he has been scoring touchdowns of late, which has been pretty surprising. But yeah, it's it's tough to make a case for him to be like a slate breaker. Uh, but certainly it wouldn't surprise me if Boyd has a good game. Whereas Van Jefferson, he's he's the more high ceiling guy that people were probably overlooking. Plus, he's banged up. So, you know, I think he, he has that questionable tag on DK, which helps lower his roster ship. Um, so I think when it comes to pure upside, Van Jefferson's probably the better play. Because uh, certainly, you know, he could catch an 80-yard touchdown on any given play, whereas that, that's not really Boyd's game. So I think for this specific game, for one game slate, Van Jefferson is probably the guy um, that I target. But, you know, both guys are, you know, over 5K. So they're a bit pricey. I, what do you think about going way down? Uh, to a guy like Ben Skoranek at $600, who would sort of benefit if, if Jefferson is unable to have his usual 90% routes run rate, Skoranek could, you know, see 20, 25% route run. And we saw Stafford target him on what a 34 yard touchdown pass where Skoranek dropped it. But certainly he has, you know, a path to sort of breaking the slate as well. And if you spend $600 on him, uh, you could pretty much get, you know, everyone else that you wanted in that lineup. So what do you think about going like super cheap with a Skoranek type? And uh, if he had caught the touchdown. I oh done. yeah. I, well, well, I, if he caught the touchdown, his roster ship would be through the roof, right? I, yeah. But he still would be <laughs> cheap. I mean, listen, this is what I know about Sean McVay. This dude just doesn't play his backups, especially in right, key games. Right. Like, so like the fact that Skoranek was on the field, got a route, got a target, 
was wide open and like they missed on the play. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's zero routes in this game. So like, I don't like, I get your point. Like if you're making 150 lineup, sure. Exactly. Like, you know, knock it out. But like, I think Jefferson going back to Jefferson, I think you really hit on something is like, he could catch a long touchdown that, yeah. you know, he plays 90% of the snaps, he gets deep targets. Sometimes he doesn't get targets for quarters on end, but mm-hmm. you know, he can do that downfield thing. Now, Let's say Jefferson scores a long touchdown, right? Now that that's a whole drive for the Rams that no one else can get yards ah, or yeah. touchdowns. Cooper Cup's the most expensive player on the slate. Odell Beckham is more expensive than T. Higgins. So like there's so much leverage yeah. from rostering Jefferson because not only would you be getting uh probably a lo- more lowly rostered uh points than most of the field, but you'd also be getting leverage on two of the more expensive players, including the most expensive player on the slate uh, in cup. So I, I think Jefferson's really key. I mean, it applies to Boyd just to a lesser extent because Chase is less than cup and, uh, and, you know, Higgins is less than Beckham. So it, it applies to Boyd as well. Um, but I agree. I think Boyd is more like a, uh, likely to get like, you know, five, six catches, whereas the yards are going to be hard to come by. Whereas Jefferson could get, you know, one, two, three catches, but could kind of approach a hundred yards if he gets one good one. So uh, I really like the, the leverage on Jefferson. He's one yeah. of my favorite plays, uh, but uh, yeah, Skaronic. I mean, that's just more, you know, sometimes he gets multiple routes in a game. Sometimes he'll get like one um, in the Super Bowl after what happened. It's iffy. Uh, <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, nah, just knowing McVay, I mean, you look at, you know, you do the routes projection just like I do. And you know how you have to kind of go in sometimes if a guy doesn't get a target and manually enter his routes, it's like, the Rams is usually nobody. Like it's like the guys who play play and that's it. So I, yeah. I maybe Trent Taylor, because oh. the interesting thing about him was number one, he's going to return punts, but number two, he was, he was the one that caught that two point conversion. So that yeah. means they have goal line red zone plays for him. So I think he's actually my favorite, like outside the top six is, is Taylor for the uh, Bengals. Definitely makes sense. And I, I wonder if Skronix has, his routes run bumped up. It looked like Jefferson did play his typical. Yeah. Um, but maybe the Higby injury did, you know, force them to yes. maybe run more four riders. I'll have to dig into it, but I think that's what it was. It might've been the Higby injury. Yeah, yeah. it was because Blanton got an early touchdown. No, no, not Blanton. That was the last game. Uh, Blanton played a lot of snaps, but mm-hmm. um, they also did use some extra four wide, you know, because remember yeah. they were in a trailing game script. So, you know, if they go into a trailing game script and Higby for some reason isn't active, then I was like, if Higby's inactive, I'd say Skoranek is a much better play. But I, it looks like Higby's yeah. going to play. So being that being said, it's it's like a true Hail Mary dart throw. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd prefer Evans. Your other options, just because it's a one-game slate, so we should cover every option. Uh, your other options, Brandon Powell, who returns kicks. Um, and then you have, uh, for the Bengals, you have Mike Thomas, who, I mean, it was Taylor <laughs> who got that touchdown, yeah. that, that two-pointer. So I feel like Taylor is still the better option than Thomas. Uh, Isn't this, this, a, this is a revenge game for Mike Thomas. It is, right? it is a revenge game for Mike Thomas. That, that is true. So he'll get one route this game. <laughs> Got to make the most of it. He hopes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, and then tight end, we talked about Higby. Higby, Blanton, Uzoma, and Sample are all priced similarly here. So it just comes down to who plays. Like if Higby and Uzoma play, I, I think you kind of, you don't really worry about the backups. I mean, if they're playing, they're yeah. going to play. Uh, if anything, um, you know, you, I think they, they might be a little bit under rostered because of the question. You know, they'll probably both be listed questionable right up to game time, right, right up to yeah. uh, on the final injury report, I should say. So um, any preference between the two Higby and Uzoma? No, this is just a tough, tough situation right now. I have Higby 
um, leading all tight ends on this slate, but it looks like he might not even practice this week. Uh, but yeah, both tight ends are dealing with very similar injuries. Uh, it was what a few weeks ago, Higby, it looked like he had a serious yeah. leg injury and then he came in and caught a touchdown. And then he, he played well for that. So he's played effectively through injury before, but I know these MCL injuries, like if this were a regular season game, these guys would miss, you know, two or three games, but they're going to put everything on the line. It's a super bowl. If they happen to retweak it or something, they have all off season to sort of recover. So this is going to be tricky to handle. You know, we're going to have to just monitor the news leading up until lock, but I'm assuming both tight end will be active and it's going to be very murky. If anything, it's just going to sort of raise the floor and ceiling of the receivers. Uh, but this is a very, very tricky situation. Um, but yeah, like you know, all it takes is one of these guys to be on the field in a red zone package and catch a touchdown. Like they don't necessarily have to get fixed receptions for 80 yards um, to hit at these low, low prices. So um, we'll have to take it up to lock. But yeah, this is going to be the, the most important thing to sort of monitor heading up and until lock time. Yeah, here's how I would do it. I mean, I would pretty much fade them outside of a line where I had the quarterback. And if I did have the quarterback, and I, you know, I needed kind of a guy to, you know, finish the lineup here, you know, well, like a cheap guy. That's who I go with. So if I had a Stafford lineup, maybe Stafford and Cup, and I needed a, a cheap guy to kind of round it out, uh, I go with Higby. If I had a Burrow, Higgins, or Chase, or whoever, both of them, you know, I, maybe I throw Uzoma in there. So that that's kind of how I would approach. So how how so? Let's say both tight ends are out. I think Blanton would be a no brainer at forty six hundred. We've seen him sort of step right into that Higby role. Uh, but Drew Sample, I'll probably stay away from even if Uzoma's out at 4,200. You know, he seems like a two to three catch ceiling kind of guy. I think they'll just kind of lean on, you know, Higgins, Chase, and Boyd even more. So I don't think Sample will be a play either way. I mean, I would definitely play him, I, you know, in Burroughs. Sprinkle it. Yeah, like because. Sprinkle him in. But Blaine will be the much better play in that. Yeah, scenario. I mean, yeah, the Bengals have had some trouble with tight ends. But at the same time, you know, it's the Super Bowl. I mean, if Uzoma's out, that just gives the Rams even more of a game plan to, you know, so shut down the three receivers sample could just happen to be that guy that's open, even if it's for like, you know, three to five yard gains. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, a, in like a trailing game script lineup for the Bengals, a burrow stack, something like that. Uh, I think it's definitely worth it. And, and like you said, all it takes is a touchdown and he'll be yep. in the red zone packages either way. So yeah. I exactly. mean, yeah. Um, okay. And then, uh, any any preference on the the two kickers? You have McPherson at four K, Gay at thirty eight hundred. I mean, the Rams are the favorite. Gay has made two field goals and uh, about seventy five percent, two plus field goals in seventy five percent of his games. But I think McPherson is like the threat for the longer field yeah. goals. So that, that that's cool. I like, and I think uh, because Gay is cheaper, he might be high, more highly rostered. So I think it's McPherson for me. Yeah, exactly. Gay definitely has the higher floor. He has a higher projection by a full point. And he's cheaper, so I think his roster ship will be higher. But just I love Evan McPherson in my dad's league that's been running for 30 years now, my fantasy football league. You know, he awards ridiculous scoring like 15 points for 50 yard field goals, 10 points if it's a game winner. Um, so I took McPherson at the last pick of the draft there, and I told my dad and brother, watch out for Evan McPherson this year. So uh I, I sort of love McPherson, and yeah, he's he's shown that he can. He can boot it, so he he's the best threat for you know long fifty yarders. So I think on a slate like this, absolutely uh, it's worth rostering a guy like McPherson at four K. Like you said, he's also in play for MVP. This you know it could be a low scoring game where he ends up with four or five field goals. Um, so if you do set a lineup with McPherson, you'd also sort of want to pair him with the Bengals defense, right? Yeah, I like that. Sort you know, a, some some uh, 
get get the get the Bengals D in there. I, I think the defense is, and then you could also get like a, a Joe Mixon, Mixon in there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that would be it kind of split at three three. But uh, next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, start us off with your first Prize Pick Elite Entry for today. So my first Elite Entry is Cooper Cup. Longest reception over 28 and a half yards. It, actually, it's his longest play, so it could be a rush attempt. Um, so that's a nice little out. But, you know, this has been one of my favorite bets um, the past couple weeks. You know, I'm surprised we're getting value on a Cooper Cup over, but I, I'm projecting him going over this 64% of the time. And in fact, he's gone over this in 75% of the games this year. So uh, I love the value we're getting here. And e- even though he's not really a deep threat, um, you know, he's going to get eight to 10 catches here. So he has a lot of bites at the apple. Um, and he's so good after the catch. Um, you know, he averages 6.4 yards after the catch. So he can get it done in a variety of ways. But, you know, there, there's a reason why he's gone over this number quite a bit this year. It's because he's so good and he gets the volume. Um, so love this. You know, we're getting over a 60% hit rate on this. Um, so Cooper Cup's longest play over 28 and a half yards is one of my favorite plays for the Super Bowl. Uh, for my first, I'm going Matthew Stafford under four and a half rushing yards. I think there's a lot of recency bias in this number uh, because he's been over it in each of the three postseason games. But if you look at the entire year, he's been at two yards or fewer in 13 of 20 games or 65%. Cincinnati allowed the 10th fewest rushing yards to quarterbacks during the regular season and over 50% of them came from just two quarterbacks. So Mar Jackson and Justin Fields. So Matthew Stafford's median this year has been a half a yard rushing. So Stafford could get a scramble for five, six, seven yards. Uh, the Rams are favored. So kneel downs are still a possibility, a, a very likely possibility for Stafford. Uh, so there's a lot of ways for him to go under four and a half, which he, again, he's done uh, 65% of the time. So uh, that is my first prize pick elite entry for today. Stafford under four and a half rushing yards. John, where are you going with your second prize pick elite entry? So you know where I'm going with this. Uh, my favorite punter prop, and this is the only game all season we get punter props, is Kevin Huber, longest gross punt over 52 and a half yards. There's nothing gross about this. Um, you know, I have a 62% hit rate according to my Sims on this prop, and he's gone over this 65% of the time this year. So in a game where the market shows, you know, his overrunners three and a half punts, I think we're going to get one where he's going to launch it. Uh, and one of my favorite things about this prop is it, it correlates really with everything. So I'm going to have this in quite a few builds on prize picks. Um, you know, I, I would set this line closer to 54 and a half, 55 and a half, and every single yard matters. Um, so love getting it at 52 and a half. I would take it up to 53 and a half before stopping. So get it at 52 and a half while you can. All right. For my second prize pick elite entry, I'm going with Cooper Cup over 101 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this correlates well with your uh, longest play over 28 and a half because that'll probably come through the air. But Cooper Cup has had 108 or more receiving yards in 13 of his 20 games, 65%, uh, including two of three postseason games, the last two, by the way, which he had 142 and then 183. Uh, but more importantly, is just the season-long numbers. You know, 108 plus and 13 of 20. Um, I have him around 110. So I think there's still a few yards on this, uh, of value on this. 
And uh, it also kind of correlates with Stafford under rushing as well, because I think he's going to be able to to stand in a pocket and, and Cup is going to be that guy that he's going to have to rely on as usual. So love Cooper Cup over 101 and a half receiving yards. That is going to do it for our prize pick elite entry for today. To recap, Sean is going with Cooper Cup, longest reception over 28 and a half yards. And Kevin Uber, longest punt over 52 and a half yards. I'm going Matthew Stafford under four and a half rushing yards in Cooper Cup over 101 and a half receiving yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on it fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, Check out the link in our episode description and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizefix.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. I guess we'll close out with who's your favorite stack for the for the Rams and for the Bengals? Um, you know, for the Rams, we, we kind of mentioned it. You know, Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup is a little bit too obvious. So I, I, I do love the leverage you get um, with Matthew Stafford. And Van Jefferson, I think that's the best, uh, you know, high ceiling stack you can make uh, on the slate because, you know, my favorite stack for the Bengals side is Joe Burrow and T Higgins, but yeah. that's probably not fooling anybody. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams with that. So it's, it's all about mixing and matching. Uh, but I, I just think the Stafford Van Jefferson stack clearly gives you like the highest leverage against the field. Yeah, same for me. Stafford Jefferson for the Rams. Um, you could throw cup in there. So you could go Stafford cup Jefferson as a way to kind of you're saving, you save some salary with Jefferson because those two guys are obviously expensive. And then for the Bengals, yeah, it's, it's uh burrow uh, Higgins and, or Higgins and Mixon, and you fade burrow and chase and, and hope for, you know, yep. those two guys kind of have the big games. All right. That is going to wrap it up for the fantasy flex main slate podcast presented by prize picks. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple and or Spotify. Uh, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning action network app where you can track all of your bets or follow ours. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our Super Bowl content and fantasylabs.com for all of our Super Bowl DFS content. Until next time, let's get this money. 